Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Put the most excited face that you could come up with and tell them I'm ready for what God is going to speak to me today. Come on. I was praying to see what God wanted to share with you guys, and I want to minister the topic of the God who provides. How many of you believe that we have a God that provides? How many of you guys believe that we have a God that can provide that which you're missing today? Because sometimes we grab a hold of the provision of the past, but moving forward, it's always defying, right? It's always defying. It's a new challenge. And we know that God provided from the past, but what's going to happen now? But if you have trust in God, God will provide. And what I want to do today is just give you four ways that God provides. There's countless ways that God provides. God can use anything and anyone. How many say amen? How many of you guys have been surprised by God in the way that he's provided or who he used to provide for you, right? Raise your hand, anybody? He can use the most craziest situation to provide for you. He could use the most craziest person. I remember one day, there used to be this guy that he was, he was missing a few players, you know, up here, if you know what I mean. He wasn't all there. Some nuts and bolts were loose. And this guy in church way back, I'm talking about decades ago, uh, you know, everybody used to know that he had a, a mental problem. You know, he was, he was not all there, to say the least. But I remember one day I just came in the church, and I opened the church, I think it was for practice or something. And I came and he just gave me a word and it was exactly what I needed to hear. And I'm like, how in the world could God just use you to speak? I'm like, thank you. And God sometimes uses the people that you least expect. Amen. So he has many unconventional, unorthodox ways of being able to provide for you. But I want to talk to you about four key ones. All right. And the first way that God provides for us, say with me, it's through the hand of man. God provides 
for us through the hand of another person, of another man. And if you go to Genesis chapter 45, it's the story of Joseph. How many of you guys know the story of Joseph? One of my all-time favorites in the Bible. Joseph was a guy that he had a dream, a God-given dream, and his brothers didn't believe him. They wanted to kill him. You guys know the story. They got tossed in a ditch, and then they sold him as a slave. He went to prison unfairly because he kept his integrity, and he didn't fall to temptation, fall to adultery or fornication. All these things go wrong in his life, and you're like, why? But God has a huge purpose for his life, and God gave him a dream. And sometimes we feel like Joseph, right? In chapter 45 of Genesis, in verse 7 specifically, this is Joseph speaking to his brothers after the dream finally came to pass. He's serving under Pharaoh, second in command, and all his brothers and all his family members are coming because there's famine in the land. And they're coming to Egypt to get food. And this is what he says. He says, God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Notice that it starts by saying God sent me before. God used Joseph to be a blessing to his brothers and to his parents. And not just to his family, but to all of Israel. How many say amen to that? I see God using you guys to be a blessing to your generations and to your families. God's going to use many of you guys to be a blessing to so many people in so many capacities, not just financially, but maybe people that are in spiritual needs, right? Or people that are going through heartbreak and stuff, and you got a word for them. God provides for people through the hand of man. Come on, say it with me. God provides through the hand of man. So he told your brothers, I'll feed you with my hands. And I want to tell you here, if you're here sitting in JTP Church, don't limit what God can use to bless you. We try to box them in and we say, God can bless me this way or God can provide for me this way. And sometimes God wants to just impress you. And God wants to do something that you're not expecting. But because you're so fixed on how God is supposed to bless you, you don't see any other way and you become frustrated in the process. But you know what? God can just blow your mind tomorrow. Before you wake up, Eight in the morning, God could just have, I don't know, done something crazy. I mean, we have to live with that expectation because we, we serve a God that is limitless, that never does things the same way twice, right? And he always wants to bless us. God used Pharaoh to provide for Joseph. Am I right? Who would have thought that God would have used an ungodly person to bless a godly person? But that's exactly what God did. He used Pharaoh to bless Joseph, and Joseph was used by God to bless or to provide for his family. I love Luke 6, 38. If you have an app or if you have your electronic Bible, the King James Version, I think it's 19, I don't know, 1920, it's an old version. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. So it's talking about men will be giving unto you. It says when you give generously, God is going to use people, men. And we're talking about God providing for us through the hand of men, right? Through the hand of people. God uses people. God used Pharaoh to bless Joseph. God used Joseph to bless his brothers. If you give generously, God is saying here in this specific verse, it's so powerful, Luke 6, 38, that men, God's going to use men. To give unto you. How many say amen? Can somebody raise their right hand and say, I received that, Pastor? All right. 
Shall men give into your bosom? That's powerful. The first part is on you, obviously. As long as you give, God will prepare men to bless you. And women, of course. Amen? God will prepare people. He's going to connect you to the right people. He's going to start to open. I have a testimony that's in the works. It's not completed, so you guys are going to hear it soon. God has done exactly this that we're speaking in my life that I've, I never thought. And he's connected me with people that I'm like, how in the world I didn't do anything to do this? And it was just the hand of God. So expect it. And when you're generous and when you serve and when you come here and this is the fourth service and it's like, oh my gosh, instead of looking at other people that are only coming to one or two, you know, be grateful and say, God, thank you because I have the strength to be able to serve you. And if there were 10 services, I come to the 10th one too. That should be the attitude. And God will always, every time you give, right? Every time you give generously, God will always prepare people, men, women to give into your bosom. Amen. How many of you believe it? It reminds me of an old preacher story that I've shared with you guys in the past. It's about this elderly lady that used to live, and she always used to come outside of her door and just scream out the top of her lungs how grateful she was to God. And she'd come out, and she was very evident about her faith. And she'd say, thank you, God, for all that you've done. You've been so merciful. You're so great. And then she would come back into the house, and then she had an atheist neighbor. And the atheist neighbor would always shake his head and say, this, this lady's crazy. I'm going to prove to her one day that there is no God. Her faith is going to be put to shame. And one day, you know, things started getting tired. 2008, 2009, when the whole crisis hit. And all of a sudden, one day she came out of her house, and instead of giving thanks the way she would, she gave thanks but added something after. And she said, God, thank you so much, but, you know, I'm going through a situation right now. I pray, God, that you provide. I barely have anything to eat, God, but you're my provider. I believe that you're going to supply. I know that you can bless me through the hand of man. You can bless me in so many ways. So, God, I'm, I'm believing in you. And then the atheist was listening to her from his house, and he says, I'm going to teach this lady a lesson. So he went to the grocery store. He went to Publix, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, and bought her five bags of groceries and all of a sudden he came and, and he put them right in the front of her door and he rang her doorbell and he hid behind the bushes he said i'm going to teach this lady something and, and then the lady came and when she opened the door to answer the doorbell she saw the groceries and she's like the lord provides and she started going crazy thank you god thank you god and then the atheist was thinking behind the bush, I'm going to get this lady now. So he steps out and he says, ha ha, I got you. It wasn't your God who provided. It was me. I was the one who paid it. You see, your God doesn't exist. God doesn't exist. I was the one who paid money. And she started screaming even louder. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. She was one of those old school, you know, um, black church women, you know, that get really rowdy. Thank you, God. And the guy didn't understand. I'm like, lady, I just finished telling you that I was the one who purchased it. She's like, no, 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 sir. You don't understand. God provided for everything that I needed. And on top of that, he made the devil pay for it. <laughs> so God uses the hand of man. How many say amen? God could also use other things. Number two, God can bless you or provide for you through the hand of God, his own hand. Everybody say supernatural blessings. Many of us have testimonies about this, right? That we've seen God's provision through the hand of God. Something supernatural that a man could not have done. You see, after Joseph had provided for his family over seven years, 70 years, sorry. The Bible says that Joseph passed away. And in Exodus 1.8, it says, Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. So Joseph was this incredible man who was second only to Pharaoh. He was a blessed man, and because of him, Israel was blessed. 
But time passed and people forgot about Joseph because Joseph passed away. And a new Pharaoh came and everybody forgot about who this Joseph was. And all of a sudden, things started happening and the new Pharaoh cut off all the food. God severed the link. And now they had to believe God for food. And the Bible says that they went into 400 years of slavery. And once they were delivered from slavery, the Bible says that they went where? To the desert. God delivered them from slavery. Now, we spoke about this this morning. Now they're sons, but we have a problem now. They used to get fed by the Egyptians. And now where in the world are they going to get food? Where are they going to get their provision from? And as you guys know, God started sending manna, which was bread from heaven, to provide for one day's worth of food. Some of them tried to accumulate it, you know, and put it in their house, you know, the greedy ones. And say, I want to make sure I have food for tomorrow. And the Bible says that it rotted because God's intention was to show them that he could sustain them, that they don't have to trust in Egypt anymore or the hand of a man, Joseph, or it's God himself now. And sometimes, you know, God severs the hand of man sometimes, and we don't understand what's going on. You might get laid off from your work, and you're like, God, you know, that was my paycheck. And God says, no, 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 you don't. Your sustain does not come from a man. I'm the one who sustains you. So that's exactly what happened to the people of Israel. So now they're being sustained by the hand of God. God fed them by his own hand. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So I want you to tell the person close to you or next to you, tell them God is your source. If you're able to have this as a conviction in your heart, the enemy can never knock you down. You're never going to get down even if you get laid off, even if something doesn't go right, or if you're short on something, you have to pay your rent, and all of a sudden, you have to know that God has your back. Know that you're a son, and God will provide. As long as I'm connected, that's one thing that we need to make sure that we're doing, that we're connected to the vine, because you cut off a branch from a tree, and that, that branch withers and dies. But if you're connected to the tree, to the source, Man, no one can touch you. The provision is going to flow and your branch is going to be full of leaves and full of fruit. How many say amen? amen? I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. In the New Testament, Paul once said, my dependency is upon you. My dependency is upon you. That means I depend on you. It doesn't matter what man does. It doesn't matter what situations I'm living, what geopolitical situations, what social conditions are happening around me. I depend on God. Come on, if there's somebody here in JTP Church that can give God praise and lift their right hand and say, God, I depend on you. My dependency is on you. This is called forced dependency. Forced dependency. And it's when our ego has to go. Our ego hates that. We don't like to be dependent on people we like to be in control control freaks we want to make sure that we have everything figured out that we know exactly where our money's going to come from and we know that we're cool right we want to be so blessed that we can just pray light prayers and not need anything from god because everything's taken care of and i just come to church and worship and thank god and and yeah there's seasons where that happens but god's never gonna leave you like that long term because then you start leaning back on your own understanding and leaning back on what you can do and not trusting that god is taking you to greater places and being dependent on him we want to be so blessed that we just pray like prayers not need anything from god but how many of you guys know that god is not american He's not into independence. God is into dependency. 
Let me take it a little bit further. God's into total dependency. You know, we love the whole democratic thing, and, and we are in the United States of America, right? Praise God for that. And, but God wants us to be not so much caught up in the flow of this world where you don't have to lean on God. Sometimes God will shake the ground beneath you so that you could go back and understand that you depend on God. And once you start getting on your knees, then God starts responding. And that's what God wants. God wants us to trust him. As a matter of fact, nobody could take care of you better than God. How many say amen? He'll rock your boat and put you in a place of dependency. The Bible talks about a brook, right? That fed Elijah. There was a brook. There was famine in the land. There, was, there wasn't water. But God took care of his servants. Elijah was provided through the hand of God. The brook was the system, but God was the source. God used the brook to provide for him. The system may change, but God will always be the source. There was a raven as well. You guys remember the raven that would bring them some pan con bistec? <laughs> How many of you guys didn't have lunch today? Because of the, Really? I heard your flight was delayed. Wow. Coming from Colorado, and you're here with us today. Second service. You were here in that one before too? Oh, okay. Awesome. That's all? That'll get you going, right? Amen. God is a resource. I like that. So look, also in the case of the raven, the raven was the system, but God was the source. You see, God will create systems. God will bless you through people, but God is behind everything. And you have to be a person that's dependent on God. I think that in the end, that's what God wants to see from us. He wants to know that we're dependent on God. That's why Apostle Paul said, look, I know how to handle myself in shortage. I know how to handle myself when I'm in surplus because I know, I know who has my back. And I know that any need, he shall provide. So never am I alone to fend off by myself. I always have somebody that's watching my back and providing for me. Look what people said when God sent them the manna. Exodus 16, 15. We're still in... God blessing us through the hand of God, his supernatural blessings. Exodus 16, 15 says, So when the children of Israel saw the manna, they said to one another, What in the world? What is this? Or what is it? You guys following me? For they did not know what it was. You see, it takes a while sometimes to know how God is working and to know God's ways. We love to be instant successes, but the truth is sometimes God has to reposition you. We're used to getting it from one source, but if you allow me to transition you, you will see my power and provision. And it's that transition process sometimes that it's uncomfortable for us, and, and we're like, God, what, what's going on? But if you trust God, you can relax in knowing that God's taking you to something better. Amen? Now, they don't have all the vegetables that they used to eat in Egypt, but they're free people. It was better. And this that they do not know is manna that's going to provide for them during 40 years. I don't know what was in that bread. You know, there's some, what is that Ezekiel loaves? They sent a loaf of bread. The seven sprouts. And, well, God is the best nutritionist, of course. He created manna to have everything that people needed to be healthy, right, and sustained. It wasn't just a pan cubano, right? It was everything that they needed. So this sustained them for 40 years. Isn't that incredible? They didn't know what God was up to, but God always had their back despite their messed up ways. It takes a while to know God's ways. It's interesting that God sent manna to each tent 
to the number of people that lived under the roof. He gave and prospered them according to their assignment. And if you read carefully the word of God, it says that if their assignment was two people, husband and wife, if there was two people living under that tent, then he gave enough for those two people. If their assignment was six people, if they had four kids, husband and wife, then he'll give you enough for six people. If JTP Church's assignment is 70 people, he'll give us provision enough for 70 people. And if we're faithful, he'll increase and he'll give us for more, which I'm believing God for. How many say amen? Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need. Anybody hearing me? Anybody hearing God today? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory but Christ Jesus. But wait a minute. Let's take a look at the context of who he's talking to. If you go to verse 14 and 15, all right? Philippians 4.19. Now we're going to go to 14 and 15. You guys are on point. It says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you. So he's talking to people that have sowed the seed. He's talking to people that when Paul was in need for his ministry, he asked for an offering, and these people were generous givers. And now because of their generosity, we read Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Sometimes we take text out of context. And you can make it sound like anything, like saying, oh, God is supplying my needs just because I'm declaring the word. No, but he supplied it because they were generous. They gave unto Paul, right? And now they have a right to receive. All right, so we spoke about God blessing us through the hand of man. God blessing us through his own hand, supernatural blessing. And now I want to get into God blessing us through our own hand. Amen? Joshua 5.12, a new season kicked in and it says then the manna ceased that's it 40 years of coming out and knowing that breakfast was served you just had to go pick it god will bring bread the manna from heaven and you just came out got your newspaper your starbucks right and there it was provision and you ate it 40 years of that and all of a sudden that's it no more manna oh my gosh what's gonna happen now what do we do now God repositions you, but we need to trust him in the process. Are you the type of person that criticizes God or that complains when you don't understand something? You know, let me give you another strategy. It's good to ask God what's going on instead of just complain. Because God's up to something. Only thing is that you just don't know what God is up to. But if you could connect with what God is doing and where God is taking you, you'll understand why God is doing what he's doing. How many say Amen. So God starts repositioning them just like he repositions. There's people sitting right here in this room that you're in the process of God repositioning you and taking you to something greater. But you need to trust them and allow his work to operate in your life. God's telling you, I'm moving you from the hand of man to depending now on the hand of God and now to depending in your own hand. Deuteronomy 11, 9 and 10, I'm finishing up. It says, and that you may prolong your days 
in the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. They say that back in those days, the slaves used to have these irrigation pumps that once they sowed the seed in Egypt as slaves, they had to pump and step on these pumps and that pump would water the seeds. And that's what it's talking about here. So it was, it was excessive labor. And God is saying, look, now it's not going to be through the hand of God. It's not going to be through the hand of Egypt, through another person. It's going to be through your own hands. You see, the land that I'm giving you, it's going to flow milk and honey. It's going to be abundant. Come on. Can somebody believe that God has an abundant land for you? It's not going to be like the land of Egypt, which you have come from, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. God was telling them, I'm getting ready to position you in a place where everything will flow freely. Sometimes we get so freaked out when God cuts off our manna. And we don't understand that it's because God's getting us into the land that flows milk and honey. Can you trust God enough to believe that? Or are you always believing the worst? You guys remember what happened to the people of Israel. God sent them manna and everything, but they kept complaining and saying, you brought us, Moses, out here to the desert to die. You should have left us all the way over there in, in Egypt. We were fine. At least we had our food. At least you were slaves, but at least we have provision for the day now. And they were complaining. And what happened to that generation? Didn't go anywhere. Didn't get a chance to see what God had given them. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on everything that God has prepared for me. If God wanted to cut off my manna, God, I'm ready. It must be something better that you're planning. I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting. It might be a little comfortable at the beginning, a little hard in the meantime, but I'm believing that this is for my best. And I, I know that there's people right now that had their manna cut off. Or that you're in the process where man is starting to flow. And you're like, what in the world is this? This is different. I've never experienced this. this is... And it's God transitioning you. Amen. God was telling them, I'm getting ready to position you in a place where everything will flow freely. Maybe you're not there yet. And there's no shame on that. That's why we're here in church. We're here getting faith into you. Declaring the word of God over your life. And you're believing in the land that God has destined for you. A land of abundance and provision. 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Supply the mo and multiply the seed you have sown. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all. Liberality. Which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. You see, this part is going to require you to sow and work the field. Now God is blessing the work of our hands, right? This is when God takes them and you're already in the promised land and, and you're going to enjoy a houses that you haven't built. But now there's a blessing of God over your life that everything you touch and everything you sow and everything you do will be prospered. Because we've already been transitioned from the manna, from, you know, just getting by, enough to get by, enough to be satisfied for the day. But God wants to take you to a greater place, a greater place of influence, a greater place of provision, because you are destined to help many people out. Amen? You're destined to bless many people. So to do that, we need to, we need to believe God and we need to understand that God's going to bless every work of our hand. Up to this point, we've been living off the hand of man. 
living off the hand of God, but God is now getting ready to bless your gifts and abilities, your talents, your skills. You're going to begin to flow in the anointing that God has given you. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but God wants you to know that. God's getting ready to transition you. And, he, and, and those dormant dreams that are inside of you are going to start to explode. And in this grace and favor that you've never seen ever in your life. And you're going to see that it's the hand of God. It's time that you roll up your sleeves, get to work, and start sowing. You need to find your gifts and put them to work in the kingdom. How many say amen? See, that's where we sometimes we, we stop. And we love, uh, Lord, send me your manna. Just enough to get by the day. God has so much more for you. And I want to finish off, if the worship team can come up, finish off by the last way that God provides. You know, God can even provide through the hand of your enemy. God can even provide through the hand of those who sometimes persecute you. And the Bible says that Moses sent 12 people into the promised land. To do what? Anybody? Quiz, pop quiz. To spy. To spy the land, right? So he told them, look, we're not there yet, but I want you guys to go and, and give us a report of what's going on. Tell us about the land because God said he gave it to us. So tell us, scope it out. Tell me. I'm guessing Moses was a man of faith and he wanted to know what was behind, what was on the other side of the river. Tell us about the land. Tell us about the fruits of the land, the people, the, the cities. I want to know. Give me a report. Give me an appraisal of the land. So he sent the 12 spies to the promised land and 10 came back saying, whoa, the giants are huge. I don't think we'll ever be able to overcome these people. This is nuts. We're not going to be able to. It's, it's, it's crazy. God said, this is our land. Maybe not yet because <laughs> this is bad. We don't have an army. We don't have people that can go up against these people. It's not going to happen. But two people said something different. They said, our God is able. I want, I'm wondering if there's people here in JTB Church that are of that spirit. People that say, God is able. Okay, in that situation that you're in now. It's easy to say God is able in other people's situation, but in your situation, God is able. I'm going through this. Just got laid off, but God is able. Just got diagnosed, but God is able. So these two, I love their enthusiasm. They say, if God said it, I don't care what comes against us, we're going to do it. And we're going to defeat these people. Numbers 14.9 says, those giants are our bread. Do we have it? Numbers 14.9, put it, because this is important. Because we were talking about manna, right? Manna was their bread. Manna was their provision. But now these people of another spirit, they're saying, those giants are our bread. We're going to eat them up. They're our provision because that's the land that God gave us. And sometimes we got to see our giants as bread, right? God's going to feed us through them. Our blessing is going to come through our enemies. You start feeding yourself from the attacks that the enemy sends your way. You know, the enemy can use people. He can use situations. He can use so many things to sometimes come and attack your faith. But when you understand that if the enemy is attacking you, it's because you're in a good place. How many say amen? You should be proud of that. You got an attitude of bring it on. Come on, let's do it. You want to play? You want to play hard? I'm down for that. Or is that all you got? Right? We have that, that mentality of a victor. We understand that satanic attack is a sign that you have become a high-value target in the kingdom. How many of you guys are going through attack and maybe a spiritual shaking, right? And, and all the things that seemed, right, like a strong foundation. You, you feel that all of a sudden it's, whoa, what's going on? And you're, you're attacked in your family or you're attacked in your finances. Hey, the, the enemy's after something, but it's a good sign to be attacked. You have something worth attacking. 
when the enemy attacks you, and I want to finish off with this really quick. When the enemy attacks you, it means two things. You guys ready? If you want, write this down because this, this could help you later on whenever you get attacked and give you perspective. When the enemy attacks you, it means, number one, you are valuable to God in your assignment. You are valuable to God in the assignment. He sniffs out what God wants to do and he wants to anticipate God. And if you're weak in faith, you can fall to his traps. Oh, yeah. Kill all the firstborns because Moses was about to be born. Now, when Jesus is going to be born, the second deliverer, kill all the firstborns as well. You don't think the enemy knows when God is about to spring up something? I don't know how he knows. It's not my business knowing either. But I have to know that if I'm up and under attack, it's because he's moving and he wants to do something. And it's because I have an assignment that's important and valuable to God. And number two, the second reason why the enemy attacks is because the level of your blessing waiting for you to get through this attack is beyond anything you could imagine. Because God never leaves you the same where you were or the same situation. God always promotes you. So I want, I want to ask you guys to stand on your feet. And it's incredible how God uses so many different situations or ways to bless us and bring provision. And yet you were crying to God for manna. And you didn't understand that God just closed the manna season because he has a land that flows milk and honey. I don't know if anybody here is understanding what I'm saying. Y'all understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth? All right. I believe that God's getting ready as a church. And I said this this morning. I believe that when God gets ready to grab our church and take us to another season, cut off the manna, cut off Michael Kors, and take us to Rolex. All right, now I'm speaking your language, right? <laughs> Cut off Michael Kors and take us to Rolex. You know what follows after God does that to a ministry? The people. God promotes the ministry and God, who is the ministry? Who is the church? We are the church. So you want to make sure that you're right there in line with what God is doing. Never stop sowing because when we sow, God will bring man to be able to bless us. God has a pharaoh for your life that even if you're in jail, imprisoned yesterday, God will promote you from one day to the other because you were faithful, because you served, because you never complained. How many say amen? And then God will provide for you and then God will cut off that season and then it's, it's going to become uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, I was so used to the manna, so used to this provision that oh, felt so good. It was so comfortable. Just wake up and I have my, my, my bagel and my coffee. No, 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 but God's saying, look, there's, there's a land that flows milk and honey. Abundance. Abundance. It's not just going to be once a day. You could go to the fountain as many times as you want. How much, how much milk you want? All you can eat. Buffet. Right? And God's taking you to something better. But if you're mentally not ready, and if you don't understand why the enemy attacks, and if you don't understand why sometimes God shakes you and wants to bring you into a state of dependency, then you're going to be missing out. But I'm declaring over every single one of you guys that we're not going to miss out on anything that God has for our lives. We're going to be connected to God because we're people of integrity and we're people of revelation. We understand and we can see beyond the physical and we can see beyond what's going on. We see battles and we see attacks. And like the Bible says, when you're going through fiery trials, have utmost joy. Why? Because I know that those battles and I know that that fire that God is passing me through is only bringing about a glorious victory over my life. How many say amen? 
It's going to be the most amazing season. Come on, raise your hand. I don't know how many of you guys are going through battles and situations. Just close your eyes right there. God knows your heart. God knows your battles, your struggles. God knows how, you know, maybe some of you guys got cut off of the manna that you had for so long and you're in a state of, wow, dependency of God because you relied too much on a person or on a thing or on, or on your own ability to create or to build or to manufacture and now God is saying look you've trusted too much in you and that's not going to get you through to where I want to take you so now you're going to have to start trusting in me and God pulled the rug from underneath you but it's not going to end wrong if you could just believe and Lord I'm declaring I'm declaring open heavens for this new season that you're taking us through. God, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a land that flows milk and honey. God, there's going to be so much that we're going to be able to share with people, God. And we know that you're taking us to Doral because there's a huge generation of people that have had to leave their place of comfort. They had to leave their, their country. They had to leave the place where they were born, the language that they used to live, their, their businesses. And now they're in this strange place. God's starting all over. God, and there's so many hurts in their hearts. And God, you're, you're going to bless us so much that we could love them and we could be able to say a word over their lives and declare, God, that the best is to come and that that move was for the better of that generation. God, we declare this in Jesus' name. And I pray that you may strengthen the faith of the people that in the last few weeks or in the last few days, God, have been not knowing what's going on. God, I pray that you would sustain them and that instead of criticizing you like the people of Israel did, God, that they may stand on the truth of your word and understand that you are at work. And that if we're going through attacks, it's because the enemy knows that we have an assignment, a God-given assignment that you are getting ready to explode and do through us. In Jesus' name, I declare provision, provision, provision in Jesus name God is telling someone tonight God is telling someone this afternoon don't worry about where you are today don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because tomorrow is safe in God's hands he's not going to leave you alone the Bible says that he has you in the palm of his hands that he will never leave you lonely he's getting ready to do something great but in the process in the process you have to trust him trust him and I believe that tonight God is building trust in people in Jesus' name, I declare, God, your presence flowing. Right now, as the worship team just plays softly in the background, I declare that the Spirit of God is moving in this place and is touching you and is putting people at ease that were worried and anxious and, 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 and saying, what in the world's going to happen now? God's giving you ease. He's giving you peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. It's, it's a peace that lets you live with a smile and, and sleep in peace and understand that God is taking care of you and that there's no stronger hand than God's hand. In Jesus' name. 